if you drive along sort of Jake's Hadville and Fuertrek Road, I haven't, I haven't driven that area in, in a very, very long time. And um, during the course of last week, I, I went to a place called um, the, the soap factory out in Maitland area, and I, and I went past this huge tent. So, um, and I scratched my head and I phoned and I found out and I said to myself, what, what is this tent here on the corner just before you actually get to the intersection of Jake's Harville and Fuertrecker Road? Well, it's been 12 weeks since about 800 refugees set foot in this particular tent for the duration of the lockdown. Uh, before then, they were camping out in the Waldorf Arcade, then at the Methodist Church on Green Market Square and moved again to the streets near the Central Police Station. 20th of June today marks World Refugee Day, and which was celebrated despite all the trauma that they've endured. EWN reporter Kaylin Palm visited the base where some of the refugees have been housed as she shares her thoughts with us right now. Kaylin, a very good evening to you and welcome to Cape Talk. Good evening, Ben. You've been following this story. Give us, first of all, just a bit of background. You probably know these refugees by now um, because you have been following the story very closely, if I'm not correct. If I'm Absolutely. correct. Absolutely. So as you correctly said, then they've been moved from place to place from the, um, during the, before the lockdown um, came into effect. Um, they were at the Methodist Church and then they were moved to, they were evicted. And they were that they were at the police station, and they stayed there for a while. And then, following that, they were again moved to the Wingfield military base in Goodhood. Um, and last week, I decided, you know what, um, I need to check up on on the refugees and what the plans are for for refugee day, which was on Saturday. And when I arrived then at the at the tent that you were speaking about, the huge white tent, just opposite the cemetery. I was shocked. I was shocked because there were hundreds of tents that were next to each other. It was very, very noisy. Children were crying. Babies were crying. Um, some other children were playing between the tents. There was barely even space for them to play, but they were playing with their balls and on their little scooter bikes. Um, and families were, were, some of the families were inside the tents. There were like four to five people in one tent. Um, outside, people were making food. Um, and what was nice to see was that when they make food, they make food for everyone. So you would find the women at the fire making cook, make, cooking food. Mm. And then also um, some other people cleaning the facility. Um, and it was just amazing also to see how they've taken upon themselves to, to set up their own sanitation um, they made their own showers with fencing and plastic sheets because they said that the city didn't give them any sort of washing facilities or shower facilities for them. So they made it themselves. Um, so it was, it was quite shocking to see that they were not sort of adhering to the um, social distancing. I think it's 1.5 social distancing. Yes. Um, and it was, it, it just it blew my mind. I just couldn't believe it. Um, and, but you can't blame them because they were moved there by, um, by the city of Cape Town. So you can't blame them that they were living right on top of each other. So it was rather shocking. And uh, uh, I, was, I was telling my colleague earlier on that, yes, they are grateful that they were off the, they were off the streets. But the reality is that they are struggling. Mm. They are struggling to make ends meet. 
they're living off donations, donations come in and out, and they share the food amongst each other, and they have a strategy how they sort of um, put food inside the tent. If someone isn't there, they would make sure that um, if there's four people in the tent, that there's enough food for the four people that's living there. And it's just amazing to see how structured they were despite yeah. what they've so they and despite the trauma. Kaylin, what, what they've actually done is they've actually sort of um, arranged themselves and organized themselves within this tent because that is what they need to do. They need to structure some kind of order within this tent. And uh, what did they tell you? What were their stories that they told you? Uh, and, and I'm sure that you must have recognized many of, of, of them mm. following, having followed them from the, the CBD. Uh, and you must have recognized most of the children out there also. Absolutely correct, and um, this is and this is the strangest part. So, following them from um, from Cape Town in the way in the CBD, you know the clashes between law enforcement officers. I could actually identify and recognize their faces and their situations. In that, I could tell them, "So, ma'am, you were the woman that was." Standing and, 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 and shouting at the law enforcement officers when they were taking your child away. Sir, you were that one um, that was standing in the road saying, I surrender, don't touch my child. Sir, you were, the, you were the one that was fighting because your child was, um, your, your son's head was put to the ground and squashed to the ground by law enforcement officers. I could literally, and that was the sad part, I could literally look at their faces and recognize them and say, you were that person, you were that person. And um, it was really sad to hear them saying that they are traumatized. They're still today, they're still traumatized. Their kids are traumatized because of what had happened um, over the past few months, the struggle they've been through. Um, And I've got some audio for you. What what did they actually tell you? Did you speak to any of them? Absolutely. They were saying that they are definitely grateful that they're off the streets. But the reality is that they are still living on top of each other. They still fear for COVID-19 and they still have not heard anything from government as to what the plans are for them. So they're still stuck in limbo. So like they were in the CBD, they're still stuck in the same situation. It's just that they're now being covered with a tent. And um, they are not living on top of each other, but there's mm. still no sort of communication. And Kaylin spoke to some of the refugees, and this is what they had to say. This tent, the government gave for us. I would say thank you because it took us out of the streets. You understand? When we, we ran from situation where we were in and took us out of the streets. But this tent is very cold. We are really struggling. It's very cold. And... We're here with different types of people, you understand? So we, we can't, they can't expect us like to understand each other every day. So people is fighting every day. There's women here, there's children here. And when we got here, it was so cold. So, and a lot of people are traumatized. They don't know what's happening. They don't know what to do. So it hasn't been a good experience, especially like food, like blankets, sleeping, bathing. Just trying to eat is already a struggle here, so we depend on donations. Imagine if we didn't get donations, if we didn't get gift of the givers to come and help us, what are we going to do? I want the president, he must have that heart. The president must have the heart. Like parents, we are crying to the president, he must come help, help us, Siri Ramaphosa. We are crying to Siri Ramaphosa, he must come help us because we are struggling a lot. 
I can tell you it's very hard. It's very hard, it's very hard. Because us to become to to become here, to stand for our rights, is not uh, something we create or something is, is not happening. I can give the example for myself, my sister. The people, they don't understand us. They think maybe us, we are, we are lying. Myself, I'm the first example. I've been working for some places and uh, they put me out for the job because I don't have a green ID. Now, how I can survive? My children at the school, they are treating them very badly. Now, how I can survive? Myself, I'm here for a long, 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 long time. I never have any nice papers. They are giving me only six months, six months, six months. That's some of the refugees, and we're chatting to Kaelin Palm, EWN reporter this evening, about the, the plight of the refugees out on that uh, Fort Trekker Road stretch just before Jake's Harville. Um, Kaelin, is there any idea what the future holds, and are there any future plans uh, from the United Nations Refugee Agency or the South African government as to what will happen with the, the refugees? The last communication I got from the Department of Home Affairs, um, the minister said to them, it's either reintegration or repatriation. That's the two options that they've given them. Um, The UNHCR has said over and over that they can't um, not repatriate, resettle them into another country um, in groups. Right. So mm. that is the UN. And following that, there was no sort of communication from them. The city of Cape Town uh, is still unknown as to what um, what the plan is going forward. Um, obviously, it's now COVID, so it looks like they're going to stay there for a while. At Galen Palmer, EWN reporter, and you can actually go and have a look on EWN.co.za uh, in terms of uh, this uh, fantastic video clip up there uh, as to the, the plight of these refugees and where do we go? Uh, we, we cannot just have them indefinitely sitting in a tent um, somewhere on the city streets and somewhere in a, in a location on Fuertecker Road. Um, what will happen to that? What, what will happen to them? And, uh, you know, has, has anybody actually gone out there? I, I think most people just drive past there and, you know, we, we, we tend to say it's not our problem. And these days, with COVID-19, with the coronavirus, with lockdown, with level three, with level five, we've grown more and more and more aware of the problems around us. We've grown so aware of the need and the dire need of the poor people in this country.